Welcome to the Heart to Kill podcast, the official podcast of the Heart to Kill program, the world's leading program for driven individuals looking to gain direction and momentum, where we aim to break down the complex, multifaceted and holistic factors of human performance and optimization. Both on the program and on this podcast, we will be discussing and excavating everything pertaining to psychological resilience, physical robustness, and leading by example with discipline and tenacity to create a culture of winning, especially in the turbulent, frenetic, and high-tempo world of the ambitious individual. This is Mark, the creator, senior DS, and head coach of the Hearty Field Program. Let's get stuck straight into it. So in today's episode, we're going to be discussing all or nothing mentality. And this is something that I've touched upon in previous episodes of the podcast, but today I want to give it its own airtime. It would fall under the category of what we typically refer to as a cognitive distortion. And all that simply means is a distorted model that an individual might be using to actually think that is present in their consciousness, that is a belief system that ultimately can, can be holding them back. And as I've spoken about again previously in the podcast, we're of the belief that we like to kind of analyze where an individual is at and what belief systems are currently demonstrating because that is going to be evident in the way they use language but also the way they behave the habits they're forming and ultimately the outcomes they're achieving so we first and foremost begin by analyzing where they're currently at and what might be problematic and then we begin to look at synthesizing new models of, of, of thinking and new belief systems that ultimately can create downstream impacts that are more conducive to the person they aspire to become and the outcomes they aspire to achieve i want to go on record here as saying that you know we don't prefer profess to be, and although we do have a full-time psychotherapist in the program, we don't profess to be clinicians or, or counselors or anything to that extent. We are very much focused and centered around mental performance and not mental health. So we do draw a divide between the two. And although it is an extraordinarily gray area, there are multiple shades of gray within that, we do have to find somewhere to draw a line. So typically we're looking and referring to, to mental performance here. So look at an individual that is performing potentially the 60% of their true potential, who is enjoying a degree of success irrespective of whether that's personal professional uh, sporting so on and so forth in their life but has now come to a time whereby they're finding it very challenging to go on to excel and to to build upon those prior successes or regain those prior successes and go on to achieve exceptional things so as part of that sort of um that, that cluster of individuals and that bracket of society we're going to be looking at cognitive distortions and today as i mentioned we're going to be looking at the all or nothing mentality because it's extraordinarily prevalent probably the single most rife cognitive distortion that we that we hear about and that we deal with inside the Heart to Kill program. So something that we feel extraordinarily well qualified and well experienced to discuss and talk on through the lens of, right, well, how can we take this, this set of symptoms uh, and these belief systems and the outcomes they deliver an individual and how can we um, sort of analyze where an individual is at and then deliver frameworks that allow you to interpret that thinking to, to understand where it's coming from and why it's problematic and then to implant and synthesize new belief systems that again are going to be conducive with, with long-term success in any area that you kind of wish to, to apply yourself to okay now the problem is with your nothing mentality and i say the problem but the primary issue with your nothing mentality is it is actually celebrated in society and there's even brands who use it as a marketing ploy i think there's even few companies who use it as you know their tagline like all or nothing 100 mentality so on and so forth and that is that's problematic now we're gonna 
talk about why it's celebrated in a moment. But in the first instance, we have to, you know, return to the concept that language is important and the use of language is important and that, that words mean things. And if you're always surrounding yourself by people who romanticize and glorify, celebrate and, and commend an all or nothing mentality, then the chances are you perceive it's a positive attribute and it's a trait that you would aspire to have. So to that extent, when you come to impasses and decisions that can have a slightly more complex and nuanced approach, which will be infinitely more successful in the long term, or you can just go all in and fuck hard then you're probably going to do the former because it's easier to do it feels most logical in the moment and it's going to allow you to enjoy a degree of quick win success but it's only when you go on to more complex uncertain volatile and ambiguous elements and tasks and challenges and growth opportunities in life that now you realize that that square peg no longer fits that round hole okay so understand it is celebrated in society and that's arguably one of the most problematic facets of it adding to that the all or nothing mentality to varying degrees probably will have served if you're listening to this, I can make an assumption that you're an, you're an ambitious individual. You are the kind of person who you are the kind of person who is inclined towards self-development, and you may be on the relentless pursuit of excellence. You may be pursuing mastery and looking at all the different spheres of your life and constantly asking, well, how can I perform to a greater extent there? How can I do be and achieve more or better, more specifically? So you're going to be an individual who's probably interested in learning well how can I get from where I am right now to where I aspire to be and why are the techniques and, uh, and thought processes and the strategies I use to get me here no longer working so if that's the case and if that's true then I would confidently say you have used an all or nothing mentality to enjoy the degree of success you currently have and again that's irrespective of whether that's in a professional field whether it's athletic endeavors whether it's just life in general I can almost not quite guarantee I don't like absolutes but I can almost guarantee that you'll have used it in some way shape or form so it would have served you and for an example a thought process that's been in our psyche and in our like societal vernacular for generations like are in for a penny in for a pound is a, is a great example of that i don't know if that translates by the way to those of you who aren't listening outside of the uk but it is definitely something that's been societal and generation for a long period of time but as we've said multiple times and as i've become somewhat synonymous with new levels brings new devils. So the level of thinking that got you to where you are is not going to be the level of thinking that can now solve that problem. So when we talk about it, it has served you and it has got you so far, what we mean by that is it, it can lead you to believe that you have to go all in on things. So for example, a, a great many individuals that we end up working with have been extraordinarily successful in athletic pursuits in their younger life. So let's take the first five years of their military career. Let's say they were like 19 to 23, 24. They didn't have a family. They were largely a private soldier in like an environment where their physical health, fitness and well-being was their only real responsibility and priority. So they could train twice a day most days. They didn't have to worry about children or they didn't have to worry about any of those kind of things. So they could go all in with their fitness. They were training morning and night. They were going fucking hard. They were giving it the absolute bollocks and they're young enough that they can kind of get away with it from a recoverability and an energy standpoint. And um, it, it almost works. In that instance, it has almost worked. So you can see now why it's very, very appealing. But now let's take that person who was 24 and then they've gone you know through some life changes so they now let's say they've got two kids and they're now married and they've got a home so they've got bills to pay for and they've got to acquire resources look after their children they now have professional responsibility in their job they've been promoted a couple of times they're in a new unit and environment so you know they've got all these things to think about they're no longer just uh, a professional soldier they now are also a father and a husband um, a team leader you know there's so many different things so that mentality of okay we'll train morning and night and go absolutely hard as you fucking like because you can just sleep 
sleep in the middle of the day and catch up on your sleep at the weekend, so on and so forth, is no longer congruent because they'll try it for a couple of weeks and then they get niggles and they get injured or they burn out or they just get exhausted and they find that they're just dropping the ball in other areas of their life. They're constantly spinning plates and it always feels like one of them's about to drop to the floor, crash and smash. So, you know, they're, they're not getting a chance to put their children to bed or they get ill, which means they can't do their job properly or there's self-applied pressures. So they feel deeply unhappy a lot of the time or they're neglecting their relationships or their wife is fucking nagging at them. It could be any one of a number of different things because they're trying to implant that same thought process and mentality of all or nothing. And it doesn't have to be in a military environment. We can take, you know, the vast proportion of uh, successful civilians as well. And I would class myself in that bracket of in younger life, whether you're in a sporting background or you're just very, very into health and fitness, quote unquote, you know, you might have played rugby or, or just been a fucking absolute gym rat. And again, you were training very hard to a high intensity pretty much every single day of the week. All of your nutrition was set up with a sole intention and purpose of facilitating maximal gains and huge performance and facilitating recovery on that. You didn't really have any like real responsibility or meaningful relationships. There's no children. You know, you probably didn't have a mortgage. Your job was exciting and there was opportunity, but it, you didn't have a great deal of responsibility. You could walk out of five and leave it behind you, so on and so forth. And that's that's true for most guys up until the age of like early to mid twenties. And then what typically tends to happen societally is you get the job you dream of because you've worked your fucking ass off to get it. And then, you know, you've got a long-term relationship and you've now got a kid on the way. You've got a mortgage to pay for. You've got all these different responsibilities. So that thought process of being a gym bro and like <laughs> staggering everything in your day with regards to like when you go to sleep and when you wake up, like your supplement protocol, which pre-workout are using, like making sure you get like hit the anabolic window, so on and so forth. All these things that you were doing that were the epitome of all or nothing now no longer are compatible. And the downstream impact and damaging effect of that is you get very frustrated and you believe that you are the problem, that you simply don't want it enough and maybe you're not as motivated as you used to be. And this will start to turn up in your vernacular by saying this like, I just need to do this again. I know what I need to do, but I just can't seem to fucking stick to it. I just need to do what I was doing back then. I just need to be motivated, so on and so forth. And this is all at the root cause the all and mentality that once upon a time enjoyed so much success alongside us, but now it really is just hampering us, holding us back, debilitating you and leading you down the path of self-deprecation, criticism, low self-belief, and all of the things associated with that, which is a very unfortunate reality. Even if we take something that's not associated with sporting prowess or athleticism, if we take work, you know, we get a lot of guys who, again, you know, are in great shape and health and fitness and socializing was a big part of their life in their early 20s. And then they get into a job role, they're like, okay, th there's an enormous propensity here. There's huge scope for me to get into the job that I really fucking want. They go nose to the grindstone for five, six, seven, 10 years, and they get the job. They're now a director or they're now an associate or a partner, or they've now set up the business. But that for the entire duration, they'd sacrifice so much. They haven't trained consistently for six years. Their nutrition has been, to, to put it politely, disastrous. You know, it's just been not eating all day because they've forgotten to, or because they've got, I'll just do this email, I'll just hold that meeting, I'll just make this call. Then at the end of the day, they're just eating takeaways or, or something to that extent and making emotionally driven decisions. Now, you can look at that and say, well, they're, they're enormously successful because 10 years later, they've got, you know, multi six-figure turnover or you know, they've got a, a really well-remunerated job or a director in a firm and all these things. But through experience of working with hundreds of those kinds of people, ordinarily when they come and knock on our door and we're having a conversation, it's because they've achieved that level of success, but they feel deeply unfulfilled by it because they sacrifice so much, again, because they applied an appeal to that all or nothing mentality. They were fixated and driven. They were being commended and rewarded for going 
absolutely all in at, at the expense and cost of every other facet of life. And now they're in their mid to late 30s and they aspire to be healthier, be fitter, to prove to themselves they still have the resilience they once had, that they are an authentic leader to their family, to their friends, to their colleagues, co-workers, anybody around them. And they really aspire to step up and just show that they are a, a fucking, I hate the word alpha. I really detest the use of that word alpha, but they want to st stand up and show they are the fucking tribe leader, that they are a person who can be trusted, who can be relied upon, who knows himself, who is effective, who makes great decisions. And they need hard physical training and consistency with the nutrition, so on and so forth to facilitate that. Now they've got two routes of exploration. They can either appeal to work with someone like us and join the Hard to Kill program where we can look at the upstream belief systems. We can analyze that, identify the belief system and then look to implant new ones so they get better downstream effects, more concurrent habits, congruent uh, belief systems and, and sustainable long-term changes that put them on a path and trajectory that will go on forever in the relentless pursuit of excellence. Or they can just rewind to their early 20s and say, well, it worked then, so it must work now despite all the responsibilities I've got. So I'm gonna go in, I'm gonna go hard, I'm gonna run fucking 20 miles a week and I'm gonna lift six days a week and I'm gonna get back on my fish and a rice cake diet because I'm all in. Like I'm gonna be really strict. I need a strict plan, I need to be disciplined, so on and so forth. And obviously we speak to a percentage of individuals who fall into that former and we're able to do exceptional work with those people and really change their lives because they have the drive, the motivation, the determination. They've got evidence in a history that they're extraordinarily talented and driven people. They just had no direction so we can help them there. Unfortunately, the vast majority fall into the category of the latter and they will go around in cycles, breaking themselves, getting injured, getting burnt out, feeling like they're spinning all these plates, feeling unfulfilled, you know, having disastrous results with their relationships or like feeling like they're neglecting their children or feeling like they're not being authentic or turning up in life in the way they aspire to. And then because they start self-deprecating and telling themselves they're clearly not motivated enough or well, confidence is built on evidence and they feel now they're lacking evidence to show they are the man they think they are. So they start questioning if they're good enough, they feel inauthentic and fraudulent, so on and so forth. And eventually those types of people typically get to a, to a crossroads and they're either like, okay, I want to do something about this and they end up speaking to us or um, they decide that this just isn't for them anymore. And essentially it's a relatively deleterious downward decrement towards just accepting mediocrity. And if you're here listening to this, I would hazard a guess that that is terrifying to you. That is uh, fate worse than death itself. That is worse than hell. That's hell on earth to accept mediocrity and say, well, maybe I just can't do it. Maybe I'm not the kind of person who can be successful in multiple spheres at one point in time. But that is why we're having this conversation about the all and nothing mentality. So understanding it's not congruent to high performance life because high performance life doesn't mean being exceptional in just one space. Okay. If you want to be like world class at something, so if you want to be an Olympic athlete or a world record holder or something and so on and so forth, there's going to be a time when you have to neglect and you have to delete other things from your life in order to go laser like guidance, focus on that. But then you're entering into that relationship. You're entering into that situation scenario, knowing full well what you're doing and accepting the ramifications of, okay, if I go all in this, I'm making a lot of sacrifices. Family will suffer. Friends and networks will suffer. Output in every other area suffer to facilitate this. And I have to be very, very aware of that. That being said, that's not the case for most people. Okay, for most people, even up to and including passing arduous courses, it's going to be 95% of your focus, but there's still 5% of can be just having communication with the people close to you and let them know, like maybe an inclination as to why this is important to you, so on and so forth. So again, there is a case in point for utilizing this thought system and this belief system in every situation, setting and scenario and, and deleting and starting to, uh, to overcome this all or nothing, this archaic, this old quote unquote old school mentality of, of the all or nothing mentality, okay? So 
Now we've got to look forward to what we have to understand. And this is actually a presupposition of NLP or neurolinguistic programming, which is something I use an awful lot in my coaching practice, is that the individual who displays the greatest degree of flexibility wins. So if, you know, in your past you have been disciplined and you have been regimented and you have a strict set of rules and you must adhere to those, we'll understand that rigid things break. So we always, always, always try and foster and encourage discipline, which is just ultimately a self-belief that you will do the thing Thing, irrespective of when or how it gets done you rely on yourself to be able to do that as opposed to regimentation which is okay at 0600 I get up at 0630 I do this at 0700 I do this because that's too rigid and that will eventually break whether you get ill or things prop up or whatever and then again you will cascade and you'll very quickly spiral into an all anything mentality of well I didn't get up at that time therefore that's fucked and if that's fucked then that means I can't do that and if I can't do that the whole day's fucked it's fucked absolutely fucked. So if you're listening to this and that's kind of resonated, then you're definitely in the right place in terms of now, well, how can we catch ourselves in the act and how do we now begin to overcome that? So now it seems like an appropriate time to discuss, well, how do we know when we're guilty of it? Like, how do we know when it is an all or nothing mentality or is a dysfunctional belief or is essentially a cognitive distortion? Well, following on from the, the podcast immediately prior to this, we can look at the use of language. Like use of language really, really does tell us so much about the belief systems that an individual is harboring, the perspectives through which they're seeing the world, their current worldview and how they're turning up in it and from you know, where their intentions and where their behaviors are really beginning to originate from. So we're going to pay specific importance to the use of language. Now, when we're paying attention to the use of language, there is something referred to as the three Ps. There is the work of a very well-known psychologist called Martin Seligman. And the three Ps are essentially a framework that your mind will start taking you toward and start communicating via when you're in this, this thought process and when you're demonstrating this belief system of the all and nothing mentality. Okay, so what we're gonna do is gonna run through those three Ps and help you understand. And I could hazard a guess, if you're listening to this and you're still listening to this and you've, you've like resonated and identified with some of what I've said so far, if not all of what I've said so far, then this is going to feel like I'm directly aiming this at you and this is written for you. I assure you this is not a personal attack. I can speak here from experience, not only my own anecdotal experience of having you know dealt with this myself over the past years, but also in helping coach hundreds of individuals to overcome this. So we know it so well. We know these sets of problems inside and out. And you know, we never allow ourselves to be complacent. I think we know it all, but we are familiar with the subsets and how it will present itself. More often than not, people present it in different and varying shades of grey and that's what allows us to continue to keep our tools sharp and be the very best coaches that, that we can be because we're constantly dealing with this on a daily basis but if you're listening to this now, I would hazard a guess that these three Ps you're about to run through are going to um, are going to give you a wry smile, if not a rude awakening and definitely a degree of insight, okay? So those three Ps are pervasive, permanent, and personal. And as I take you through this framework, you can now look to utilize this and you'll, you'll think back to times in your in your recent history when you're like, fuck, I was thinking like that, or damn, that is exactly what I was thinking, or that's, the, that's, that's how it was turning up in my life, and that's the thought process that I was having. And then what that can basically do is it gives you a target indication of in the future, when you hear language being narrated internally in that way, okay, this is 3P thinking, that means it's, it's cognitive distortion, it's a faulty belief system and it's not true. My thoughts are just theories and I can choose not to believe this and I can move forward with something alternate instead. So this is basically why we're going to go through this. So the first P, and, and by the way, it's inconsequential of which, like in what order you run through these in, or even in what order they present themselves internally, because it might be alternating and fluctuating. So don't think it's always going to be in this sequence or it will always go in a logical progression. It can be any one of these at any number of times, but ordinarily you will experience them as a cluster and they will all come in a three. So the first P is pervasive 
pervasiveness, okay? And pervasive is essentially another terminology for generalization. And what we mean by this is when I'm listening to an individual talk and when you're listening to your inner narrative, you will catch yourself using words that are general in their approach. So everything, everyone, always, words to that effect. And whenever someone's communicating with me and they're obviously emotionally charged or frustrated or self-deprecating or whatever it is, so whatever well, everyone always does this or well, every time I do this, this happens or everyone, everyone fucking thinks it. Or every, like whenever I'm hearing generalizations, I'm thinking, okay, that's generalized speaking. Therefore, it's more than likely a belief system or a cognitive distortion and what this person's actually telling me, not to undermine them or to not credit what they're saying, but just having the, the knowledge there that, okay, there might be a cognitive distortion here and there might be a belief system that means right now they're freaking out to an extent greater than necessary because they, they, they're subscribing to this three-piece mentality and they've got an all-or-nothing mentality. So pervasiveness or generalization, whichever you want to call it, is thinking a bad situation or a, a negative outcome is now applying to everything. So here's an example of this. Let's use the, the training one. Let's say you get into the gym and it's it's 5.30 p.m. and it's extraordinarily busy and you're programmed to do a whole body push session. Like, okay, my A1 is a bench press. Go over to the benches. It's a Monday, so they're fucking heaving. Like there's four people waiting in queues for all three benches, not a fucking catch chance. So already you've started bubbling. You're like, well, that's fucked. Like, uh, what am I gonna do? I can't bench press. And then you make an attempt, okay, well, what can I do instead? I'll, I'll do dumbbell bench press. You go up with dumbbells, same detail. Every dumbbell is off the rack. It's a fucking free for all. They're not a bench in sight. You're fucking flapping now. I'll do chest press, same detail, absolutely full to the rafters, and you're not getting on it. And then that pervasiveness starts to kick in. This is fucked. My whole gym session is fucked. There's no point in doing that because that logically sequentially follows on from that so it's fucked i may as well fucking go home there's fucking no point in coming for the first place and then if i can't do the session today and then that means that the rest of the week carrying on from here like well i can't do that because i need to so am i gonna have to push this to tomorrow well i've got i've got i've got a cv tomorrow and if i don't have the cv then the race i've got in three weeks i'm not gonna be fit enough for that boom that is a fantastic example of pervasiveness how everything is fucked and it will often span beyond you know just that one setting and scenario so it might just be about training so we use that same analogy well, I've, I've eaten my pre-workout carbs. Uh, if I've had my pre-workout and I don't train, I'm gonna get fucking fat. What What the fuck? Like, well, what am I supposed to do now? Do I go home? Am I supposed to have my last meal? I, I want to look in good shape for this. And if I don't do this session uh, after having that, then I'm gonna end up like that. And it's just running away with you. And you genuinely believe in that moment that everything is fucked and that, that nothing, like there, there is no one good element, that everything is generally fucked. So if you're listening to that, obviously that analogy was deliberately catastrophized. It was a little bit tongue in cheek. But if you're listening to it and you re resonate and identify it, in any way, shape or form and you can historically think of an example when that's been like symptomatic or typical of your thinking, then know that you are not different, you are not broken. That is pervasiveness of part of the three Ps which is part of an all or nothing mentality, okay? Which should be a positive experience because now you're like, okay, well, it's been documented, it's been identified and there are people out there who understand it, who have seen it and who have helped hundreds of people overcome that. So I'm gonna keep listening and fucking work on this moving forward. So that's the first thing is pervasiveness. The second P is permanence, i.e. it is permanent. So, you know, we use that analogy of turning up to the gym and every piece of equipment you wanted for your, your first lift was taken, there were no alternatives, and then you'd be going to believe that everything was fucked. You'd eaten those carbs before training, so now you're definitely gonna get fat because you'd not trained on a day, which is a, an absolute joke, by the way. Please don't take that seriously. And, you know, everything was fucked. The training route was fucked, you're not gonna be fit enough, and that is now permanent. So we know that everything is fucked, and we now know it's also permanently fucked. And what that means and how it will present itself is you just can't see a way that it's ever going to end. It's thinking that a bad situation is going to last forever. It almost ends up like a domino effect. So if that's fucked, 
that's fucked, that's fucked, that's fucked. And the timeline just doesn't seem to end. I've never said that's fucked a lot, by the way, today, but it's the most, honestly, the, the most accurate way I can articulate how that feels in the moment of just flapping that, that nothing's going to be resolved and it can't be fixed. Those people who experience that degree of permanence, so in that moment, it's just like an inability to understand or see the, the, the misdemeanor or the uncomfortable or unfortunate situation is only temporary it almost feels invisible to you it feels like it's negatively impacted everything so that's we've got the problem is pervasive and now we also think it's permanent and lastly we subscribe to a belief system that we think is personal so when we perceive something as personal it is literally exactly that we perceive that whatever has happened or whatever has gone wrong is our fault and we are blinded to the fact that there might be other contributing factors leading to that circumstance so again i've used analogy of like going to the gym and all the benches are taken and you can't do that and then you believe right the whole session's fucked so the whole training week is bollocks so that's like the, the pervasiveness and then the permanence is like well because everything's now got to follow on i'm going to be catching up and chasing my tail for the next two weeks because i've got that race then and it's not going to be fine and i'll get to the race and that's not going to be a good enough performance so i'm probably going to book him for another one so like you're beginning to think that it's, it's everything is fucked and it's permanently fucked and lastly you'll perceive that it's personal that it's your fault you should have known better than to go to the gym at 5 30 on a monday you should have known better than to do this you should have got up this morning and done it like you're so stupid how could you not have thought that this it would be this busy failing to take a moment to fucking re redress and say well actually what are the other contributing factors here well it's 5 30 p.m on a monday so there's a lot of people in the gym but saying that i was here at 6 p.m last monday and it was nowhere near as busy the gym's actually had like a membership drive and they've signed up like 300 extra members and members in their first sort of three months of, of signing up typically tend to be a lot more active swipers into the gym so that's contributed also the weather is nice outside which means that people are more inclined to come in the gym and train because they want to get a good chest bump because that's what they think leads to confidence and they think they're going to look fucking mega and do loads of shagging okay so actually when i zoom out i can see there's other things that are outside of my control that have contributed to this situation and of course it's not my fault actually i was doing the right thing because now I got up early this morning and did my breath work meditation and journey and I've been to work had a fantastically productive day I've gone to the gym now to get my fizz in and it's just really busy because there's other things so the three P's then to run back through that situation that same analogy because it's quite a strong analogy is it's pervasive so everything is fucked it is permanent everything is fucked and there's no time in the near future that I can see it ever getting better and it's personal it's fucked because it's my fault and there was nothing else contributing to this it was absolutely my personal failing so using that framework of the three P's we can then begin to zoom out and say right well now we've essentially got like target identification of exactly what we're looking for in our inner narratives and in our use of language that tell us we're demonstrating this cognitive distortion of an all or nothing mentality we understand the dangers of it we know the trajectory that's going to take us on and we know why it's of the highest degree of importance that we avoid it because we don't want to demonstrate an all or nothing mentality we want to have emotional flexibility we want to have cognitive flexibility and we want to be an individual who can lead and take the right decision in any situation situation irrespective of how volatile and certain complex and ambiguous it is and we know that rigid things break but the person who expresses and displays the greatest degree of flexibility wins so how do i become that person how do i get rid of this belief system that i've identified and how do i implant a new one brilliant that's exactly what we're going to go through now so i first want to draw attention to the fact of okay we might never be able to delete this all or nothing mentality we definitely can't just erase it what we can do is massively improve and increase our awareness and secondly then begin to instill and utilize practice that facilitate us regulating that so we can catch it in the act we can gamify it we can regulate our response and we can proceed with a more with a course of action that's more conducive to high performance and ultimate success
success, even in uncertain, volatile, challenging, dynamic situations, scenarios, and environments. So number one, we can look for the use of language. And once we've caught the use of language, we've got our identification of what the problem is. So then we all we're going to do is we're going to run through the three P's and we're going to inverse them or invert them. Okay, so the first one we went through was pervasiveness. So everything is generally fucked. So to invert that, to flip it on its head, to get to the truth, let's look for the specificity. So let's look for the specific thing that is the problem. So what is the problem and what is it not? So let's once again use that analogy of going to the gym and the gym's really busy and you perceiving that everything's fucked. Well, let's invert that. You've turned up and your A1 exercise was a bench press and there is no capacity for you to do that. Rather than thinking everything's fucked, let's look for the specifics. What is a specific problem I have right now? Well, I can't do exercise A1, okay? Cool. Can I do exercise B1? Yep, there you go. <laughs> it's that simple. Can I return back to and maybe do A1 later if the gym is quiet down a little bit? Yep. Even if I don't do that today, given the fact I'm probably going to be training and enjoying my training and consistently turning up and doing it for the next 20, 30, 40 years, is it the end of the world or an enormous problem if I miss A1 today? Nope. So we've looked for the specifics rather than the pervasiveness. So we've immediately inverted that. So we've solved the pervasiveness. Secondly, we're gonna look at the permanence. So what is the invert of permanence? Well, it's impermanence. So let's look again at our analogy. So we know that's only one specific thing and we perceive that everything was fucked indefinitely. However, is that true? No, because we've now looked at the specifics and we know that although we might not be able to bench press right now, we can go and do our B1, let's call it a back squat. And that's probably gonna take us in that, including our accessory exercise, warming up, etc. so on and so forth, gonna take us 20, to 20 to 25 minutes is the gym probably going to have shifted in its usage areas and the level of population of people in there in the next 25 30 minutes i can confidently say yes okay so we know that it was absolutely temporary so we can't bench press right now but we can in 20 minutes so we have attached a temporality to that we know that it's not permanent we know it's not going to go on forever worst case scenario the gym dynamic has not shifted in 20 minutes we proceed with the rest of the session if you still want to go back and do it in an hour get it done if it's still absolutely heaving it's got worse will we be able to get in and do that exercise tomorrow or at some point next week yes so it is not permanent in the slightest and i know the analogy that we're using here is enormously reductionist it's just one that's most applicable and one that will resonate identify with most people but again we could use it in any one of a number of different situations setting scenarios we could use it in regards to like a work environment we could use it in relation to nutritional protocols literally anything okay lastly we've obviously got personality as in perceiving that it's, it's personal that it's our problem so to invert that how do we make it impersonal so this is not about shifting blame or failing to assume responsibility it's the absolute opposite of that in fact it's utilizing the locus of control model and looking at well what actually was inside my control there and to that extent was this my fault do i need to take responsibility or do i zoom out and do i look at the locus of, of, of influence and things that are outside of my control and was this problem, the formation of it, actually outside of my control? Because I could hazard a guess nine and a half, probably even higher than nine and a half times out of 10, that problem was not of your creation and it was not inside your control. Your response to it, of course, will always reside fully inside of your control. But that's why you're here. That's why you're learning this. And using this framework of identifying the three Ps then inverting them in order to get a solution is going to be how you respond moving forward. So you've been proactive with that. You've controlled what you can control. But again, using that gym analogy, you can't control 
control how many other people are destined to go to that gym on that evening. You can't control the weather system outside, which means some people might have a higher propensity to want to go and exercise. You can't control the marketing efforts of that gym, meaning there's a higher proportion of members now actively swiping in and using that gym. You can't control any of those things, but you can control your response, which means how we approach your psychology, how we utilize the lessons such as this to overcome an all or nothing mentality so we don't fucking flip out and freak when we get these things. We're not becoming volatile and reactive. And you can also audit and amend your responses moving forward because now we've got this calmness, we've got this clarity and peace of mind, we've got this improved decision-making capability. We can look at what we do next week and say, well, is it possible for me to now get up and go before work? Yes, that is something that I can facilitate. Boom, then let's fucking do it because then you're gonna have an infinitely better session moving forward. So even though we're talking about the very granular depths of cognitive distortions or anything mentality, you can see how enormous and impactful this set of thoughts really are and that you can literally engineer and create so many different outcomes and so many opportunities and so much improvement in life and live so much closer to 100% of your true potential through the way that you're thinking. And in a nutshell, if I now zoom out and think about the ethos and the processes that we utilize in the Hard to Kill program, this is always what we aspire to do because we can always, and this is like attaching quite neatly to my podcast on logistical versus psychological, you can always offer logistical solutions and breakdowns of, okay, if this machine's broken in the gym, then you could use this one. If that's this, then you could do that. If you can't get hold of turkey, then use chicken, fucking so on and so forth. But the list of if then solutions you're going to have to offer are of a magnitude unfathomable to me in the billions, if not trillions of different situations and scenarios and occurrences you'd have to arm yourself with on a daily basis. If we just go upstream and look at how you're thinking about it and the way in which you're seeing the world and how you're formulating your belief systems and how they're impacting your thoughts and your emotions and ultimately your actions, behaviors, and habits, then we can just deal with that line of code, that dysfunctional belief system and then all of the downstream stuff literally takes care of itself. And not only that, you have now learned so much. You're not just regurgitating information. You don't just have reams and reams and reams and reams of information in your brain. We've also not told you how to think. We've taught you that you can think. And now you have the frameworks and the tools to be adaptable and flexible and dynamic in, in an untold amount of situation scenarios, arguably any situation scenario, because you can fall back on these mental models and these frameworks that we're offering you. And that's what we aspire to do with every client and candidate in the Hard to Kill program. What you and I have spoken through today is less than 0.1% of the level of insight that we offer to, to every single Hard to Kill client we work with that gives them that propensity to spot opportunity and to seize it without fear or without reluctance in any one of a number of different situations. And when they do get into those opportunities, if it does turn out to be relatively fear-inducing or they've got belief system issues, actual frameworks and conversations and narratives they can utilize to improve their performance in comparison to the next guy who might be cannibalizing himself, who's probably cannibalizing himself internally in that environment. And not only that, then we can start having the conversations about training methodologies and nutritional protocols and, and so on and so forth. Because once you've got all the thought processes in line, you're going to need like actual physical habits and you're going to need to do physically challenging things to then begin exposing other flawed belief systems, so on and so forth. So they inter intertwine and married together so neatly inseparably intertwined and it is beyond me it, it never ceases to confuse me as to why people are not seeing this <laughs> this absolute marriage they are inseparable they are one and the same and that is just very much how we approach it and we understand the very very strong link of everything in life it is totally holistic between like the psychological elements and that be our uh, emotional belief systems and our cognitive distortions and how that allows us to turn up in the world and how that can impact our societal and our family and our relationship and all 
all of those different spheres you operate in and that actually if we're able to positively impact all of those our propensity and happiness and motivation to do other things is positively improved which means you have greater work capacity so we need more tools and resources from a strength and conditioning perspective which means that we can create greater training stresses and we recover those because we're societally happy and we're well nourished so we've got like everything is intertwined it's an all an enormous jigsaw piece and i know this is tenuously related to, to what it is that we're discussing today but i want to just do my absolute best to shine a pinhole of light onto the importance of why we need to discuss belief systems and cognitive distortions like all or nothing mentality to really ensure that high performing aspirational driven and determined individuals can really go on to actualize the greatest version of themselves rather than believing that they're not good enough they don't want it badly enough or they're not motivated or worse still self-deprecating because the shit program they bought for 30 quid a month or the fucking I'm actually not going to say that word, <laughs> the, uh, but the individual who they bought a, a template from was not the solution they were looking for because you are a complex adaptive system. You are enormously multifaceted and multifactorial and all we aspire to do is disturb your system in a positive trajectory and give you the education, the resources and the skill to continue to maintain that trajectory for the rest of your life. So that is why it's of a specific degree of importance. Now, off the back of the day, that's pretty much finished and concluded what I, I wanted to talk about with all or nothing mentality. But if you feel this has been impacted for you if you've resonated and identified with this then i'd really love to hear that i'd really love to hear that so if you could share this if you could reach out and message me and i'll just drop a comment and say like has this been useful to you and equally on the contrary side of that if you found it difficult to relate to this if you perceive that all or nothing mentality is something that maybe you've experienced but you're not quite sure how it's been turning up in your life or the analogy that i've used today is not one that you're familiar with so therefore you'd like to know more about it then really really do please drop me a message drop us a comment we're not going to bite again we are we are at the end of the day just coaches and we aspire to have conversations with as many people as possible to help them how they can implement and plug this in so i'd be enormously indebted if you were to share and let people know about this and if you've got friends or family or loved ones or colleagues that you feel benefit from this then again the best thing that you could ever give us is the gift of resharing this and letting other people have access to this information and to this knowledge so that they can go on to plug these frameworks in and go on to achieve the greatest version of themselves as well because we're utilizing this like an inkblot approach okay so we've started with a sheet of blank paper and then we're dropping a drop of ink and you are that drop of ink right now you've listened to this you've consumed it you found it beneficial and in order for you now to improve your network which is something that people so often profess to as they want to do in the hard to kill program is that they want to spend time around more like-minded thinkers more high performers and people who get this commonality of the mission well then you can take responsibility for that so you can you can show them podcasts like this you can help them understand these frameworks so that they too can elevate and ascend and get to heightened levels of thinking and productivity and performance so you can have this level of conversation in your own lives so we'd be enormously indebted and if you can do that for your friends and for people closest to you i'm sure they would be enormously appreciative as well likewise um I really, really value constructive feedback. So if there's things that you think that you'd like to hear more about or that you would like to even initiate conflict with and say, I'm not sure I agree with that or I have your thought from this angle or I have a different perspective that I'd also enormously value that, okay? I want to implore you to be objective in what you're listening to and do your own research and begin to understand the topic with genuine curiosity and interest rather than blindly listening to what I'm saying and what I'm saying to you purely because I'm on Instagram and, and, and I've got I've got there's a following of a page, okay? So I hope that's been enormously helpful I really look forward to hearing your feedback and we'll speak again soon.